Listen up. It's now time for Mark's Side of the Ring. The pro wrestling podcast where three marks. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Discuss pro wrestling like it's real. And now, here's Dick Ford. And Hogan, you big ball son of a bitch, kiss my ass! Joey Vegas. Oh, oh, how about your foot? And Mike Madness. Oh, yeah! This is Mark's side of the ring. I am Ford, and I am joined, as I am most weeks, by the one, the only, the incomparable Mr. Mike Madness. Mr. Dick Ford, I am here all weeks and uh, happy to be in your virtual presence today. Vegas is not here tonight. He is uh, out of town. He is he is in, I don't know where he's at, to be honest with you. But he is, we don't know. Was Joey Vegas missing? Yeah, he is out of where town. In the, where in the world is Joey Vegas? That well, sounds like a new, like, uh, uh, you know, segment we can have here on the show. There you, go. you know, <laughs> whenever he's not here, we can just uh, fuck around and figure that out. So we have an action-packed episode for you this evening. We're going to talk about the latest on the Vince McMahon saga with some fallout since the last time we recorded an episode, as well as we're going to watch the main event of the Summer, as Bret Hart would always call it, the SummerSlam 1997 Undertaker, Bret Hart, WWF Championship match with Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee. We're going to watch that match, and I'll tell you why I chose that match to watch tonight. It's not all has to do with the fact that SummerSlam was just a couple of days ago. And we have JCD here with the PW120 talking about that SummerSlam from a couple of days ago. So... Now, was this the first SummerSlam held in July this year? I believe so. I, I, I well, well, let's I, see. I don't know that. I should have looked that up before the show, but I was just thinking about that because I believe this, you know, so SummerSlam is synonymous with August to me. I don't, July, it just, it throws me off a bit. It, it, as, a, as a traditionalist, I think it's weird. Yeah, so I know that 97 was on the 3rd of August, but still in August. Let's see. We'd have to do some digging here, but I'm pretty sure that it's always been in August, uh, usually later in August, too. But yes, that was an early one for having it the uh, first uh, week in August in 97. And this even earlier here. I'm not sure why that decision would be made or what what made him move that around a bit. And what is the pay-per-view for August in that case for uh, coming up? So here we go. I have the answer to your first question. Good. I'm scrolling through the list of SummerSlam events, and it looks like this was the first time in the history, which dates back to 1988, where SummerSlam took place in July. It is an August show. Interesting. Yes. I wonder what made that uh, made that switch happen. I'm, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe stadium. Maybe it's the stadium that uh, you know. I don't know. Where, where was it held? Where was it held? It was held at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, where the Titans play football. Well, then I would assume that maybe that would run into preseason football, but 
you think they'd be able to schedule that on, a, on an away away game? It's only two games. True. Basically, or True. whatever it is. They're, they're playing now three. I don't even know. I mean, two at home. I don't know. That's interesting. And the answer to your question, the next pay-per-view, I know they call them premium live events, but they'll always be pay-per-views to me, damn it. The next one is Clash at the Castle, which is their return to a stadium show in the UK, which they haven't done since SummerSlam 1992, which nice, nice tie in there, Dick Ford, yeah. because and that that works to our advantage because our next show is yeah. going to be dedicated to the 30 year anniversary of SummerSlam 1992 from Wembley Stadium in London, England. Yes, this is going to be in Cardiff, Wales. What's the date on that? Yeah, the date on this is September 3. So there is no August pay per view. There is no August pay per view. Maybe, yeah, whatever. This will be at the principality stadium now this show i guess we can and really have any intentions of talking about it tonight but i will just say this and we'll talk more about it later that they're gonna probably do a legitimate seventy thousand in attendance this show is this shows this show and they probably won't tell you they probably won't make this announcement because this show will do more in attendance than WrestleMania. That's probably accurate. Now I believe they build the '92 SummerSlam at about eighty thousand, if I remember correctly. The state, the the gate they said was eighty thousand. I don't know how padded that is, but that's what they went with. Yeah, this will be a legit a legit seventy thousand, and it will be bigger than WrestleMania. It'll be interesting if they actually say that. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna put that out there. Yeah, there's no way they're not gonna build. They're not gonna bury their their big event. They just can't do it. They won't yeah. do it. They'll 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 say it was almost as big, even if it was larger. They won't do it. And what did you think of the? Before we get on to the talking about Mr. McMahon here, I wanted to know since I know you did watch SummerSlam, what was your thoughts on that uh, big tractor spot that uh, went down between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, which I watched over and over again myself. Well, I I know that. Um... Uh, JCD is going to talk about it, I'm sure, in the PW120. But uh, that was a classic uh, sports entertainment spot, you know? Absolutely. That's, that's and what... I, I recall Lesnar being involved in something where the ring got torched before. Remember when he him in the big show? Yeah, I believe collapsed. Did, maybe I believe it was a superplex. Yes. Uh, I believe it was on a SmackDown, yeah. maybe uh, mid-2000s, mid mid early 2000s. Yeah. And that that ring collapsed, man. That was a cool sight to see. But uh, hey, man, you got to keep it interesting. I'll give you WWE this. Uh, it's just so not everybody believes I'm just this hater and this negative guy on WWE. They got to do stuff to try to keep things, uh, you know, entertaining and fresh and new and innovative. You know, what what more can they do in wrestling? You know, it's like we're all we gotten so spoiled over the years. Like they got to try something. So I applaud the uh, the tractor spot. So I know the last couple of shows. We have discussed the McMahon stuff, and we will continue to do so tonight. The Somebody caught up with Linda. Linda was doing a an event for America First Policy Institute Summit in Atlanta, AFPI, and was lighthearted about... McMahon's retirement or husband's retirement, despite the serious nature in which it came about. And when Linda is asked 
Her quote is, he'll just be deciding on how he's going to be spending his free time. I think that's a good thing, end quote. And what I gathered from that quote, Madness, this is how I read that quote. He'll just be deciding on how he's going to be spending his free time. I think that's a good thing because I honestly don't give a shit because we have no involvement in each other's lives, end quote. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They're just together in name only and, uh, you know, as a pair on TV, uh, not necessarily WWE TV, but just in general as as associated in name. That's really, I think, where it is. I don't think she gives a shit, uh, which one way or another, I don't think there's any romance or any kind of love flinging around in that uh, marriage any longer, personally. That's just my opinion from the outside of what I've seen and heard on screen and off. Yeah, I'm glad that somebody, you know, brought it up. I don't know who it was. There is audio of this out there. If you Google it, you can see it. But, yeah, I mean, in her situation, she's going to be featured in, I'm sure, um, with Donald Trump here. If he runs again, if he wins again, Linda McMahon will probably have a job in his cabinet. And she's just trying to distance herself uh, from Vince. And it's just the case of we just share the same last name. And bank accounts. And bank accounts. Yeah. I think there's some money in play there. I'm sure if this was just a a regular run-of-the-mill non-billionaire couple, there would be some sort of... uh, uh, this dissolution of the marriage, and uh, you know, who knows though? Jeff Bezos uh, got divorced, and uh, and his ex-wife is kind of one of the best settlements I've ever seen in my life. But uh, who knows? I guess you know she's more of a she's more of an independent type of woman, Linda McMahon. I don't think she's the type that's going to want to take Vince for all he's worth. She's more of the type that's going to go out there and just fucking do her thing and, and and provide for herself, is what I think. And she's just letting this roll off her back. She's not going to make any publicity on it. And I okay, I think I can respect that. You think you feel the same, Dick? Yeah, I've I've I believe I said it on this show that uh, I feel for Linda McMahon because. She has to answer questions now uh, on Vince's behavior. And I, you know, this is just, this is just the first time you think this is going to get brought up again or brushed, you know, of course it's going to get brought up again. It's not going to get brushed under the rug. Someone's going to ask her again about it. If, if, if Trump runs again, her name will come up if she's running with him. Of course. Of course, absolutely, and it's not going to end. It's just going to. There's something that's going to follow her for quite some time. At least uh, it's going to dwindle down. Right now, it's the height of it, so it, it will subside. But it's going to be something that's going to follow her her entire career, and it's going to probably define Vince uh, for his whole career. Unfortunately, so that's where we left off. I really hate to see it, to be honest with you. I hate to see such a negative scandal and and bullshit around somebody who brought so much to wrestling overall. As much as we want to rip on WWE over the last decade or so, you know, I, I really didn't want to see McMahon go go out like this with his name tarnished so on the on july 29 which was just a couple of days ago the new york post stated that in retiring mcmahon (laughs) is still worth 3.4 billion dollars so he leaves the company with 3.4 billion after he retired Last week, amid a sexual harassment scandal that involved millions of dollars in hush money payments, according to reports. 
And you know, a lot of people will say, you know, oh, poor him. He'll he'll be fine because he's got three point four billion. But let me tell you something: if he's as passionate as he cares about his his name, his image, and his industry, he's not okay with that. With what what's going on right now, it, it, money doesn't solve that kind of shit. It doesn't make up for your integrity and your and your uh, and how you're viewed and your image. It doesn't make up for it. So hey, it's hard to feel bad for a billionaire. Nobody wants to feel bad for a billionaire. But I could tell you, I, I I do feel for the guy. But he made his own. He made his own mistakes. So you can't feel too bad for him. But hey, his his money ain't gonna be, make him happy and get him out of this. It's, he's gonna have to answer and he's gonna have to pay for it. So I'm. I, I heard today that last week's Wrestling Observer has a whole write-up on the career of Vince McMahon. And I heard it is something that needs to be read. So I am going to definitely read it. Because uh, the joke was made that he wrote fifteen thousand words on on Vince's career, which would would about would about sound about right. Yeah, really. absolutely. So yeah, I am going to read that, and I, I will be I will talk about it uh, when we do our next show. I will be I will be prepared for right. uh, for with that with the McMahon stuff. Um, I'm a I'm a member. I get the Observer in terms of like I can access it online. I just never do. I just use it really mainly to listen to the podcasts, but I will read last week's observer to, to hear or to read the write up on the career of Vince McMahon. So there was a couple extra million and uh, that we did not know about, but we don't know what, where that went or what that was for, but we are going to find out. And from what I've, heard and what I've understood that this is not over just because Vince McMahon retired this is not over no, it will just be beginning yes there will be more on this there will be more findings there will be there are still going to be the HBO real sports there's going to be there's real news outlets who are still investigating this and following this story and looking into this story. I know that part of the reason why McMahon retires abruptly is to try to, uh, you know, distance himself from the company, hope it goes away. But from what I'm understanding, this thing is not going away. So in this article from the post from the 29th, it says here, the wall street journal first reported the investigation began after the WWE was tipped off that the CEO had paid a former employee $3 million to keep quiet about their affair. According to an email obtained by the outlet, McMahon hired the woman as a paralegal to a $100,000 salary and doubled it after the affair began. So, again, when you are a publicly traded company, definitely when you are a publicly traded company, you cannot give people raises when you're having sex with them. It's found upon. Yeah, it's not necessarily a, uh, a a good thing to do in business, no matter what level you're at. Doesn't there wasn't Costanza involved in that? Wasn't there a Costanza episode where he he slept with a secretary who was he he made sure he hired somebody that was ugly and then and then he no, yeah he was trying anyway. to and then he slept with her anyway. I'm yeah. giving you a raise. 
That's what it was. All right, I had to bring Seinfeld into this one today. Yes. Yes, he 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 dismisses all the hot chicks in the interview process, and then chooses the one and ends up sleeping with her anyway. Yeah, and then they and then they get gets a raise, and he she's ends up making more money than him, and he's all pissed and butthurt about it. Oh man, what a show! But yeah, yeah, so, he doubled so, it, madness. He doubled this paralegal salary because he was sticking his penis inside of him. I can't believe he had the power to do that. That would have never made it past uh, counting. Can't believe that passed the sniff test. Well, people started putting two and two together. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Going back to McMahon, though, you know, where does this end for him? Like, where does this where does where does this go? I think it ends. I think it ends with him either selling his stake or he's got to do something with the. It's going to end with him losing all of that power that he currently still has a 32 percent stake. It's yeah. going to end with him losing that at some point. He's just going to get phased out. He's going to lose that. He's going to get phased out. He's going to live in the in the shadows, and that's the end. And well, he's going to die. He's going to pass away one day, and then he's going to be remembered for for this, and then he's going to have his tarnished legacy, and that's just the way it's going to go. Listen, They're not going to hear much from him. Listen, listen, listen to this on that phased out thing that you just mentioned. According to PW Insider, the signage that previously pointed to Vince's office now points to the CEO office. There is reportedly a second office backstage for Triple H with all previous signage relating to Vince McMahon nowhere to be found. Vince McMahon has been completely scrubbed from the corporate website. Vince McMahon does not exist in the WWE's current eyes. And to just think about that and let that sink in. It's, it's, it's an incredible thought. Vince McMahon, the man synonymous with wrestling in America, with WWF, WWE, synonymous and you'd be hard-fetched to realize he ever to see he ever existed absolutely and you'd never think any of this but you know what it's not blowing my mind as much as it should be right now and that the reason for that is because it's not nothing wrestling related at all it actually just has to do with the state of the world over the last three freaking years nothing surprises me anymore like what we've been seeing what's been going on in the mainstream in the news media throughout everything that we're seeing I'm not shocked. There's been so many scandals, so many, just so much bullshit out there that we've been we've been fed, and all this fear based stuff, and all these these scandals that just keeps keep coming out from everywhere. It's what we it's what we thrive on, and and it just keeps happening. So I'm not that shocked. We're desensitized to this kinds of shit in some ways. I think too, We're like oh big big deal. Like it's almost like I expected this. Like oh a billionaire's paying off. It's like cliche at this point. A billionaire's paying off these young girls to to, to having sex with them. Like okay, like. I'm desensitized to that. Like, okay, yeah, I figured that probably was happening. But you know what? Now he's got fucking caught. Like, yeah. it's no big deal to me. But the, yeah, he's out of wrestling. But and, and with his age, him, him being 77 and everyone kind of like, when's this fucking guy going to retire anyways? It kind of doesn't blow my mind as much as you're saying. Now, I hear what you're saying. The fact that Vince McMahon is no longer associated with WWE or wrestling in general is a mind-blowing statement at high-level Yes, because if if he retires under normal circumstances, 
he doesn't get scrubbed from everything. No, I was hoping that Vince McMahon got his whole send off in a way where he was, you know, had, like I think I said it on the last show where he just had like Vince's raw, you know, like, hey, this is a, this is a yeah. three hours to Vince's retirement. You yeah. go through everything. We got Bed Pen McMahon skits and everything. Oh, yeah, that would have happened. He, that would have happened. You know, you know how he would go out? You know, this is the way I wanted to see McMahon go out. I wanted to see him have his own show, his own thing, his own Raw. And at the end of the show, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and has a beer with him. And he takes one more shitty ass stunner and sells it like a fucking dork. That's how I wanted to see Vince McMahon yeah. go out. And I'm pissed off that that's not going to happen. And he has to go out with this nonsense. But like I said, he did it to himself. No one's booking the shit. So here we are. So let's we'll we will go to JCD with the PW120, and then we will come back um, with tonight's watch along is SummerSlam. Almost said Survivor Series SummerSlam '97. Here's JCD. The Pro Wrestling 120, the fastest 120 seconds in pro wrestling. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's John JCD DiMaselli from Kicking It Classic with JCD. And boy, what a night it was on Saturday for SummerSlam. The first real, not 100% show from Triple H. But he probably, it's probably his first show where he had some real creative direction as far as where he could go. The, the, the course was laid out for him, but now he could probably start to mix and match a little what he wanted to do, and he did. I mean, they you come out of the gates swinging, just alone with Becky Bianca Belair, and even if it just would have ended with the Becky handshake and the show of respect between Becky and Bianca finally, then you get the return of Bailey. Whoa, that's awesome. Then you get Dakota Kai. And then you get Io Sky, Io Shirai. I mean, if there was ever a way to send a message that this is your creative company now, this was to do it. I mean, the show was pretty straightforward for what it was, from what it was advertised to be, from what it what it had to be creatively. I think the main event was a product of Triple H and getting some creative ideas as far as how you do the match itself with the tractor and some of those spots, where do we go from here? I think we go, I think now Triple H can kind of use Saturday night as a soft reset if he wanted to. I don't think they'll go too crazy, but I think there are some things that they'll tweak, some things that they'll adjust. As far as Raw goes, I think you're going to get a a really good show. I expect it to draw a strong number. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a return. Um, or at least something teased. I'm not saying that 100%, but I could totally see that. We'll see where it goes from here. I'm John JCD Dimaselli. Thanks for listening. Ready, go! Thank you for that, JCD, for that PW120, the fastest 120 seconds in all of pro wrestling. All right. He is fast. He is fast. Tonight's watch along is uh, the main event 
of SummerSlam at 1997. The Undertaker's defending his WWF World Championship against Bret Hart, who's going for his fifth title reign. And special guest referee, Shawn Michaels. He's got a smile back. He's back in the fold. And this is right before he's going to start telling everyone to suck it. So the reason why I chose this, because we were kind of like, oh, what should we do for a watch along? Okay, for summers are, are synonymous with SummerSlam. Been that way for a long time. So I was like, all right, well, let's watch a SummerSlam. And then Madness, I thought 97 would be perfect because this was the show that I watched, the first show of me back being a fan. So I was away from the business, 95, 96. I took a two-year hiatus, and I didn't even know Hulk Hogan was, was a heel at this oh. point. You were you were missing some good stuff. I did miss some good stuff. I was I was I never gave up. I I, I almost did late ninety four. I was starting to really yeah kind of get away from it, but I I held strong. Royal Rumble came back and helped me watch it again. But then <laughs> I kept going. But good for you, man. This is what a time though. If you had it, yeah. it, you missed a lot of good WCW. But if you were to come back at a time, this I was, was a WWF time. guy anyway. You were only a WWF guy as correct? a as a kid growing up. Yeah, yeah. so I, I would have missed WCW probably anyway. Yeah, so was I, but I I gravitated right into WCW right when Nitro started up. That's okay. about where I was at. But anyways, go on, Dick. No, so this was the show back. I remember, I remember, I remember it like it was uh, yesterday, and it was twenty twenty five years ago. You remember it like it was twenty five years ago, which is uh, coincidentally the twenty five year anniversary. And this will be on Wednesday. <laughs> That's true. It's in a couple of days. Yeah, a, this is a quarter century old now. Oh my so. god! I was so at my it- I was at my dad's because uh, you know parental uh, you know the uh, divorce uh, settlement. I was over there uh, every other weekend when he when he wasn't doing drugs, All and right. and I was over there, and uh, it was obviously summer break, and I can't quite remember how I came across it, but. I came across it and I said, dad, can you order this on pay-per-view? And he said, sure. Cause my dad never said no, because he tried to be a Disney dad. He said, so sure. You, so you weren't watching, you weren't watching raw or Nothing. any of that stuff leading up to this. You Nothing. Just, you just off a whim off asked a complete, your old man to purchase you, whether, com- he was, yep. uh, whether he was drugged up or not. You, you, he was, you just asked him to purchase this pay-per-view and he went ahead and did it. That's it. You want to know why? Because I knew it was SummerSlam. If it was any other event you, other than maybe WrestleMania or Royal yeah. Rumble, you probably would have done it. No. Right. No. And in your house, in your, no. It was SummerSlam. I know it's a big deal. I, I was, they, they instilled that in me that it was a big deal. So I just saw that it was SummerSlam. I was at his house. If it was SummerSlam the weekend after this and I was at my mom's, I'd probably never get back into wrestling. That would have changed your entire life. <laughs> completely literally so, ordering that pay-per-view shifted your your whole my your whole, whole life to where you are right yeah. now like you it's crazy if you ever not to drift off of the subject here but if you you can go back in time and, and you just realize the the probability of being where you are right now it just matters on so many different levels of one little thing could have yep. been could have been off and it would have changed everything and everything. that's literally that's just so many ways you can go through your life and, and anybody's mm-hmm. life and go through that and just and just 
think about what would have happened if this or that that would be cool you know like i look i have to get off of this subject but like i don't know if there's an afterlife or any of this shit but you know what would be cool if you're dead you go somewhere to some other fucking dimension your your consciousness goes there and then you can just like replay your life and make different decisions and see what the fuck would happen <laughs> wouldn't that be cool i play too many video games i guess yeah. growing up but but yeah. that would be pretty fucking cool and watch too many movies but anyways back down to your SummerSlam 97 yeah. story in the summer of 1997 because it led me you know, through the Attitude Era, WCW, and I've spent countless hours um, watching wrestling since this fateful day, August 3rd, 1997. So let's get right to it. Uh, if you're in America, load up your PCAC. We're at two hours, six minutes, and six seconds. By madness, we'll let you count us down. Three, two, one. Then we'll play. We'll get to this match. All right. Here we go. We're going to go three, two, one play. I got the uh, should have the SummerSlam banner showing after the announcers really quick, and then the fading out to the ring with Howard Finkel in there. So I do have audio capabilities. Yeah, if you want to throw the audio on, that's just fine. There's that one fan I always see. I, I I looked him up before. If you go, there's that. Do you know who I'm talking about? The kid with the there's bucket haircut? No, not that kid. He's a black guy, and he's always on at ringside. He was at all the Raws at the Manhattan Center. He's at, like every pay Oh, the big black he, dude? He's really, I think he's pretty big. He's kind of muscular. Yeah, he's he's always just smiling and having a great time. He's yeah, at every no, event. I don't know. I'll point him out to you one of these days. And I'm sure. So where are you at right now? You got Bret Hart coming out? Bret Hart, yeah, he's holding the Canadian flag on his way out. Absolutely. I think he cuts a promo here. Yeah, we're just gonna have to sit through that. We can talk about a few other things, you know. Let's yeah. um, let's let's I have, and I know you usually come prepared for this, but I have this here. I have the Dave Meltzer star ratings oh, yeah, so for this I. event. <laughs> I know we like to I know this isn't necessarily a show dedicated to SummerSlam ninety seven. During this match, we're gonna kind of go through just you know our, our memories of this this event, mainly in the eighties and nineties. And then a little bit into the 2000s. But I got the Dave Meltzer ratings right here. Uh, Dick, do you want to play the guessing game or you want me to just read it, read it right down? Yeah, I'll read them because I already have them. Well, you have it already. Okay, yeah. so this this one, this this uh, event opened up with uh, Mankind against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So you got Triple H and Mankind there and a 2.5 star match. Now, you know, these two guys are going to get their, their chemistry better together when the Royal Rumble 2000 Cactus Jack and Triple H. I guarantee that one is rated a lot higher. Than Hold this on, one. let's check. Let's 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 check in on Bret Hart here. You got it. Let's go. Just stand back and listen to the Canadian national anthem. And I just want to dedicate this match. To all my fellow Canadians, to all my fans all over the world that feel the same way as I do about America and Americans, this is for you. Red Hart asking for the Canadian national anthem to be played. Okay. And then the old Canada is going to play. So, all right, go yeah, ahead. we don't need to listen to that. I'll just, uh, you know, Bret Hart 
it was hard to watch him be. He did okay given the era, but he was not a natural heel. No. Mankind, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, how many stars? Uh, 2.5 stars, and that was a steel cage match. The uh, blue cage. Yeah, the old blue cage, probably one of its last appearances, I believe. And then you got Goldust against Brian Pillman. Uh, That was a half a star. And that was the... um, That had something to do with a dress Yes, if Pillman lost, he had to wear a dress. dress On Raw the next day or some kind of cross-dressing shit. Yep. Yeah, because it was over Marlena. He was like sleeping with Marlena at the time, and then I don't know. That was some some stipulation there. To, we had cross dressing going on. You know, Vince McMahon probably had that uh, drawn up for him and his his. <laughs> They're gonna love it. <laughs> but anyways, next up you got the Legion of Doom, Road Warrior, Anilin Hawk against the Godwins, Phineas and Henry. That is another half a star. So. You know, between the, you only got 3.5 stars worth of, of anything in the first three matches here. So that tells you where this event is. You got the British Bulldog against Ken Shamrock getting 1.75 or one and three quarter stars, if you want me to say it that way. Uh, what do we got next here? Let's see. Scrolling down. Oh, Los Bariquas against the Disciples, because we were in that whole uh, gang warfare uh, era here where everybody had to be a faction. So we had the Los Bariquas. And uh, Disciples of Apocalypse going with a half a star. And then the uh, infamous match between Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Owen Hart, 2.75 stars. Kind of shocked that gets that high of a rating given what went down. And then uh, the match we're watching here, Bret Hart and The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, special guest referee, will get three stars from Dave Meltzer. So that's what you get for that event. Given uh, the, 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 the company really heating up at that point, uh, you know, they they had been losing the war here. This is really where they started making that turn a little bit to uh, something better, something edgier. Uh, given that, we didn't really get a great event here, it didn't seem. But I have fond memories of it, and, and I personally enjoyed it. How about you, Dick? Well, it started okay with two and a half, and then the best, the highest rated match of the card was the main event, with the second being the match before the main event. So, I mean, you know. It built the way I guess you would expect the show to build, but I would expect SummerSlam to have better matches. But looking right, at right, if if this was a, if this was an in your house pay per view or something, then maybe I could see them doing something like this. But still, you know, I it, it, it has a good memories for me, and I know it does for you, given given where you were. Where does this uh, pay per view? Where does this SummerSlam rank to you? Not not exactly, but where do you put it in the uh, grand scheme of the? The whole SummerSlam catalog. Where, where, where do you rank it? You, well, you it didn't the, tell me. I needed to know that question. Yeah, yeah, I didn't tell you. I'm asking off the top of your head. And you don't have to give the. You don't have to give a precise answer. You know, for me, it's uh, probably somewhere. I guess in the top half. You know, again and again, I'd be. I don't know enough about the SummerSlams that happened in the last decade or so. But if you're going to go with just the, the the first two decades worth of it, it's definitely a top ten. If you go with that, I'd say. For myself, I probably hold it in in high regard, higher regard than even Dave Meltzer does because it's the show that got me back in. Yeah, well, there's always the personal bias, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's always more interesting to hear it that way. Anyways, if somebody has a personal bias towards something, given that it's fair, I mean, why not? Who cares? We're not making the rules here. We're just kind of going and uh, you know giving our opinions on these things. And uh, this was one of my favorite times starting up here. This is one of my favorite. This is in the midst of it, I should say, because WCW was white hot for about 
geez, a year and a half before this. And, and now this, now this company that was getting buried is now coming back to life. And, uh, it, it was, this is where the war was really getting turned on. So now we have the undertaker coming out here. This show is, um, I think it was at the Meadowlands, right? Or the Continental Airlines Arena. I have that information somewhere right here. and I will uh, But I think it was like the first show yeah, in New Con- Jersey in a long time. Yeah, East Rutherford, New Jersey, Continental Airlines Arena. We got an attendance of 20,213 here. And the tagline for this one was called Heart and Soul. Heart so, and Soul. H-A-R-T, of course. So it's Bret Hart and the soul being the undertaker. Nice little play on words there, I guess. And, you know, not to mention during this show... And this time, this run here in 1997, is they're filming Wrestling with Shadows. Yeah, that uh, the luckiest, uh, the luckiest documentary in the history of documentaries. There, you can't. Be. The only other way you could be luckier is if you're doing a documentary on Hitler. Okay, <laughs> I mean, th- this was you know unbelievable timing of this whole thing with with Brett Vince. Oh, it's WCW. It's, it's such a good documentary as well. Not only is the timing impeccable and, and just just flat out amazing and that how it all went down, but it's a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, I owned it on VHS for a while, and uh, <laughs> I watched it several times. It was it was it's one of my favorite documentaries. That's that's for sure. And uh, Dick Ford, you know what I'm I'm seeing here is uh, you just came a little late to the party because you the previous uh, pay per view here was the In Your House Canadian Stampede. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. uh, usually heralded as the best in your house pay per view that they ever did, and uh, I always, I always like that one. I go back and watch that. That that that, that ten men tag is uh is outstanding. We'll have to do that show at some point. Now I shared with you the wrestling with shadows. Did you ever watch that? There's a I I gave you a link to the wrestling with shadows, and then a ten year interview with Brett. In an interview with Paul Jay, who's the filmmaker, and then the life and death of Owen Hart, which are all like late additions to wrestling with shadows. So I shared that with you. And I, yes. I, I, I might watch wrestling with shadows uh, later on tonight, or maybe even, maybe even tomorrow is a little, is a little background noise because I, I'm one of the fortunate ones who gets to work from home. Maybe I will have, wrestling with shadows on and as my background noise oh yeah i mean absolutely it's always i you know it's been a while since i've thrown that on and you know given now that's the 25 year mark like we're doing here on this one uh what a great time to watch it just to commemorate the uh anniversary of the one of the best little eras i like that that heel heart foundation uh sector of time that they had it was short-lived but very memorable so and that that kind of went along with uh wrestling with shadows at the same time it was all kind of happening at once it's almost unbelievable it was so good that i just still can't believe it wasn't a work yeah and i want to say uh you know just to talk a little inside baseball i'm trying to set these shows up to be about 45 minutes long and we are clearly going to go way past 45 minutes tonight. Oh, hey, you know what I say? Don't worry about the time. If, 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 we're having a, if we're having a good show, we're having a good conversation, 
we throw time out the window and we just kind of go organically with things. Just like it's just like this, the way the documentary worked out with this time in the industry, it just kind of happened organically. If, if we have an hour and a half, two, yeah. three, four, five, seven hours, hey, we're going to be bigger than Rogan one day. And he does three and a half hour podcasts. <laughs> Who cares? Fuck it. We got to get used to it. We got to get used to talking for that long. Yeah. I want, I like to keep them short. Cause I know that, I know that there are about um, 5 million wrestling podcasts that uh, people listen to. Well, and yeah. uh, I like to keep them shorter because I, I want you guys to be able to listen to this and get to something else and, and, and keep the train moving, as they say. So uh, I will try hey man, to... that's that's what the different speeds are for the 1.5 and the two times <laughs> on your on your on there. You know, you can you can hear us in, in 45 minutes. Even if we double the time, you just double your time. <laughs> and that's fair enough. And now here we got we got Shawn Michaels in here as a referee. Now, I couldn't tell you how much I can't tell you how much I couldn't stand 1997 Shawn Michaels and not even in a good heel way. The guy was a just just get off the screen at this point. You know, he had his work rate that helped him stick around this long, but his attitude would have gotten most guys canned well before he was able to do the damage he did to the industry and to himself. Now, you, yeah, you are. Um, and I know that people listening probably don't know this about you, but you're an all time Shawn Michaels hater. I'm not. And, and you know I don't what? say I, that. I, I, and I don't no. mean that in a negative way. No, I am a hater. I don't like him. I don't care for him. Yeah. I don't care for him. His his, his on screen persona is fine. His in ring work is amazing. He's a great worker. He, he's put on some of the best matches I've ever seen. I give him that credit. If if I don't put him as the best ever, or I don't think it should be called Mr. WrestleMania, I do think that he's probably an in ring all time top 10. I can give him that. But, you know. I just don't think he's as great as they as they say. I think he's just was such a Vince guy, and I think that's what put him over so highly. And he he was he had to be a star for he had to be the man during the worst time. It was the ninety four to ninety seven, which was the downtime for WWF. Yeah, I'm not a Shawn Michaels fan. I respect him still, and I'm still glad he's a thing. But I just don't like him, and that's all right. I'm more of a Marty Jannetty guy. I mean, his work rate, you know was good you can make the argument that he never really drew a buck no he didn't draw shit nobody's paying to see sean michaels i'm sorry i mean a few people here and there but he ain't filling up these the the alamo dome and and all that shit like they did earlier this year at that you know they had it in san antonio the royal rumble he was the main event in there he won the title again from sid but i, I don't know did he sell that or did the, did the the royal rumble name itself just sell that event you know yeah, I mean, it's probably a combination of the two. Michaels and Sid will get credit because they were in the main event. But, um, you know, television ratings and numbers and, you know, Sean and Brett and, say, and, and Diesel wanna... were champions when not a lot of people were watching. Diesel had, the, Diesel had the belt for a year. Bob Backlund, he had to win it from some for some reason. So let's just tell you where that industry was going. They're trying to get younger. They put the belt on Bob Backlund for a fucking day. <laughs> so I don't understand. But uh, anyways, I wanted to ask, you know, we've been talking about this, this sector of time here, this late 97, mid late 97, uh, and this SummerSlam event we went through. But, uh, you know, I wanted to get your take off the top of your head, and I'll give you mine too. If you had to put together your, you know, you know, I always do the top three, whatever it is, summer slams you can remember, maybe your top three matches, what moments, whatever it is. It's just the shit you remember. It doesn't even have to be the top. Just something that you fondly remember from the from back in these days. That's what I want to know. It's a tough one. There's a lot to pick from here. No. I know, mean, like I, what like really I, sticks out in my mind right now is the the Brett's 
spits in Sean's face, and then Sean accidentally whacks the Undertaker with the chair. Like that, Classic. that, that, that spot is again forever ingrained in my memory because this is the show that got me back into wrestling. So that spot alone is is ingrained in my memory the um what was it what was it about the show what was it about this show that made you want to continue it was the cliffhanger ending the cliffhanger ending got it yeah because it did end with a cliffhanger this is true that's a good way to end a pay-per-view as always yeah i watched the next night i watched raw the next night yeah you've been watching since and yeah i've been been consuming some sort of wrestling ever since absolutely for me, it's in the, our show next week. Our uh, we're doing is going to be uh, SummerSlam '92, and that was the one that uh, I always remember most fondly. And I've I've said it again. I regurgitated on the show. It was the very first pay per view I watched as it aired here in the United States. Granted, it was still taped because of the time difference in in London. But uh, as it aired here and it was available on pay per view, I watched that for the first time, and I thought it was kind of cool. But I mean, I was a nine year old kid, so I didn't know it was live and whatnot. I just knew that this shit was airing and it was fucking outside, and I was like, "Holy shit! Look at all those people! It was amazing!" Yeah, yeah. A memory from that show that sticks out of my head is LOD coming out on the bikes. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not. I don't want to spoil too much because we're going to talk about that event dedicated uh, next week. But just a little preview for it. If you didn't know, yes, those guys, Legion of Doom, came out on bikes mm-hmm. with Paul Ellering, who had a. We lost him a little bit there. We'll see when he comes back. But in the meantime, show in a couple of weeks. Watch the first opening match. Uh, it's, it's Money Inc. against. Nope, we're losing him again. All right. Undertaker back to his feet. Maybe not for long. Bret Hart continuing to work on that left leg around the left knee area. And uh, you're not 6'10 when you're done on the canvas. Certainly aren't. A- All right, Madness, you're, you're moving again, so you're back on. Am I back? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know where I'd cut off, but if you're watching anything SummerSlam 92 leading up to the next show, I'd like you to watch the opening match, Legion of Doom and... Uh, Money Inc. I think, is- I, I think you were going to tell us something about um, LOD, maybe, on the bikes. Yes. Okay. I don't know where I'd cut off, so we're going to have to edit that. But LOD is on the bikes, like you said, <laughs> but Hawk is noticeably drunk during this. That's the, so that's I what that's I wanted what to make say. sure everybody was aware of yes. when they watched that. And it's pretty dangerous to be drunk driving a bike down the, down yes. the ring. Can you imagine if he veered off and, 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 and killed some Brits? But you know what? You know what? I don't. It's wild. It's just, but that was, that's that era. <laughs> you know, those yeah, are those, those are true. those guys. That's how they were. That's how they were built. That's why, you know, that's just, that's part of the good and the bad that comes with those guys from the seventies and eighties. Get the good and you get the bad. And that's the the drunk and Percocets and that's what you get. Right now, Bret Hart is putting Undertaker into the figure four, which reminds me of Ric Flair's last match that just happened uh, over the weekend. I heard it was an absolute train wreck. Your favorite. I did not order it. 
I did not spend the $35. I decided last minute oh, that, I, that I wasn't going to do it. So I decided, you know what? I'm not going to pay the $35 for this pay-per-view. How was that match? I, I got cut off here for a second. No, I, I heard it was, was an, I heard it was awful. That's I, what I heard, too. I heard it was I, absolutely I awful. Would, and I wish he wouldn't have done that, you know, as much as I don't like Shawn Michaels. But that ending that those two guys had at that uh, WrestleMania 24 uh, or whatever year it was, I thought that was a good send-off for Flair. But he hasn't yes. been back since, has he? No, he, he never wrestled a WWE match after that. No. I, I, I think it's too bad that he decided to get back in the ring at his age after his, his health issues, too. Yeah, so... Last night, I, I put up a poll on my own personal Ford Twitter account at Ford Complains. And I put up a poll last night, the night of the pay per view. If you bought hashtag Ric Flair's last match, was it worth the money? And I gave people three options yes, loved it all. Undercard was great. No, main event sucked. And with about an hour and 49 minutes left, 38% said yes, loved it all. 38% said no, main event sucked. And 24% said the undercard was great. So I literally have a dead heat, a dead tie between yes, loved it all, and no, the main event sucked. But I listened to a recap uh, from that of that show and some people's opinions that I trust um, were very, very decisive in the fact that it was not good and Flair was not good. Uh, but what what can you expect at his age? What yeah, so he, almost Rick, 80? Rick Flair, Rick Flair, in 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 a in a bout of of epic epic bravado, told Dave Meltzer that he was going to be better in 2022. Than he was in 2009. Okay. <laughs> he was not. Spoiler alert. He was not. He had a hard time getting off the mat. He bled, of course, which is going to be an obvious. But yeah, he had a hard time getting off the mat. Oh, really? He, oh, yeah. Once he went down, it was, it was hard to get no. him up. It was not good. From what? I, yeah, go ahead. No, I can imagine. I mean, we saw that at that uh, was that Saudi Arabia pay per view that happened uh, maybe a year or so ago, two years ago, three years ago. I believe it was uh, what was it? DX and the against Kane and Undertaker. Yeah, and it was an absolute mess. Did you hear about that one or see that one? I didn't. He, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Somebody got a concussion like right when it first started. Right? Oh no, Triple yeah, H tore his pack or something. Uh, something no, I something like that. I don't remember what it was, but it was featured on that Undertaker uh, documentary they have on the network, and uh, that those three guys, those four guys, should not have came back and and done what they did. I just don't like when these guys come back and do things when they could have just left the right way. It's the Michael Jordan thing. Why do you play for the Wizards? Why did you play for the Wizards? <laughs> you left. He left the perfect way with that shot over Brian Russell in Utah. Yeah. And now, and now, you know, I know you want to hear about the Bulls on this podcast. Yeah. But, uh, well, he because he, well, he shoved off of Byron Russell, but well, that was not bullshit. <laughs> That's just how they played back then, man. They could double hand check. The game wasn't so fucking Sally as it is right now. I don't want to hear about it. But anyways, so, I, did we... wanna, I did want to. I did. 
Yeah, I did want to see too. Also, after this, tell us where you're tracking. But yeah, I got a, I got a list. I got a list. You know, I bring on lists. I'm on at two twenty. I'm at two twenty eight. 54, 55, 228, 56, 57. Got it. Got it. You're good. I just want to make sure for our listeners here. I'm so, good. I was worried about you. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I got everything under control here. Your, so your gotta, internet's not 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 agreeing with us tonight, which, by the way, I will not edit any of this. I like it to sound raw and uncooked and uncooked and uncensored. I think you should edit it. But <laughs> anyways, because... <laughs> It's not my internet. It's Zoom and oh. whatever you want to say, because everything else is swimming. Would you have Xfinity? Yeah, everyone. I They all suck. You have man. no choice, they, really. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. So I do have a list here. This is a, uh, the 10 best SummerSlam matches ever, according to Dave Meltzer. So these are the top rated SummerSlam matches. Top 10. Well, finally, a Dave list Meltzer. I can believe in. So you can believe this one. This was this is reported by the Sportster by Eric Blattberg. So that was published in July of 2021. So I'm assuming no matches from yesterday hit the five star uh, Meltzer rating. I, uh, we won't know day. those until the Observer comes out this week, well, but I I'm doubt gonna, it. I'm going to assume that this list will stay active and accurate until then. So we got number 10 is uh, what we're going to watch next week is Bret Hart against Davey Boy Smith from SummerSlam 92 at a 4.5 star rating. Number nine, you got TLC from the 2000 SummerSlam, the first TLC match. That's Edge and Christian against the Hardy Boys and Dudley Boys at a 4.5 as well. And then at uh, number eight, you got Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam 2001. That was during the invasion angle. When mm-hmm. That piddly ass angle. We should do a show on how bad that was and what we should and how it could have been better. But we'll wait for that for now. That's another 4.5 star match. Um, then you've got Undertaker and Edge from SummerSlam 2008, 4.5. And number six, Daniel Bryan and John Cena from 2013 is a 4.5 star. Seth Rollins and John Cena from 2015 would be number five, 4.5 stars. And you got AJ Styles and John Cena from 2016 at a 4.5. And three is Michaels, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, 95 SummerSlam, four and three quarter stars. Number two is, and I don't think I've ever seen this match, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns in 2017. I got a 4.75 star rating. Have you ever seen that match, Dick Ford? <sighs> not, not, not sticking out in the old memory. I'm going to go ahead and have to watch that because it was in 2017, so I probably haven't seen it. I was and still it's... watching the product. I didn't leave until June of 2018, but I don't remember that match off the top of my head. So this this must be a fatal four way match, I'm guessing, with everybody yeah. involved. And, I'll tell you uh, this: I I don't remember it like uh, like like the spit in Sean's face and the chair shot. I don't remember it like uh, that. That's for sure. I think that's I think those those younger mirrors, those memories, they they stick around <laughs> a little bit longer and they they're deeper rooted and they yeah. There wasn't so much content then either. It was easy to remember shit. Very easy. And, and then uh, yeah. the number one SummerSlam match, it was. Just, uh, another match we had watched on the show in previous episodes is uh, Bret Hart against Owen Hart in uh, SummerSlam 94 from Chicago, Illinois, the first event at the United Center. And that is a five-star match. And according to this list, this is the only five-star match on a SummerSlam that Dave Meltzer gave ever. Bret Hart and Owen Hart, 94. 
Did you know that? I did not know that that was the only five-star. Yes, because I have the top 10 here, and it's in-star rating, so that's the only five-star match on the list. So, I mean, I could be fact-checked and be proven wrong here, so if anybody has that, tweet at uh, Bike Madness, and uh, you, you can do that, or just send it over to Ford Chasm. What are you called now? No, I I, I went with Ford Complaints. Oh, that's it now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do that a lot, so it I makes know. a lot of sense. I and, thought it was uh, fitting. You, you do bitch and moan. Thank at, you. At, Thank you. Ad nauseum. Thank and, you. you. Know, there's not, not a day goes by where I you know, hear you bitch and moan and piss about something. Not a day. So. But you are actually the tr- accurate news on tr- on Twitter. You're not fake news Correct. on Twitter. Correct. Right. All right. So let's look here. Uh, madness. I'm at uh, 233, 29, 30, 31. Yes. Sounds good. Keep it going. All right. The show is uh, just steamrolled right past 45 minutes, much to my chagrin. Well, we're still here. We got to watch the event. This we is are a, still well, here. Well, you we picked a you picked a, a watch along. There's a 28 minute long. I know, match, I and know. that didn't even include the promo that we sat through. I the I don't know why we did the promo and the and the the anthem. We, I didn't realize he did an anthem. He did. Well, it's Bret Hart. He's a heel, and when you're a heel in in 80s and 90s wrestling, and you're not from the United States, you play your country's there you go. anthem. Nikolai Volkov did it. Uh, <laughs> somebody else did it. He was uh, that was some heat though. That was that was good. They don't make the they don't make characters like they used to. I, I miss that kind of stuff, like the Bolsheviks and and all those tag teams from the 80s and 90s. Those I miss that. Maybe one day they'll like tag teams again. Now they only literally only have one, and that's why they're tag team champions. Yeah, oh, there you go. Double finger salute by Brett to New Jersey, which is fitting. I think this yeah, is it right here. Nope, kicked out. Thought he had him. This is uh this is such a good time in man in the industry. This is such a good time in the industry. ECW is still hot. Where are you tracking again? I am at two thirty five oh eight nine ten two thirty five eleven twelve thirteen. Got it. Let's audio check it here. Punishment. And still just keeps coming back. There's got to be a point, though. There's got to be a stopping point of how much he can endure. Maybe. How much can he take? It, yeah. And the hitman might reach that point with him. Oh, but he hadn't yet. Bret Hart hesitated, and the Undertaker caught the waistlock. And then dropped Bret face first into the top turnbuckle. Yeah, this is a three-man booth of J.R. McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler. So McMahon still holding on, even though he's the worst play-by-play guy in the history of play-by-play guys. He's brutal, but uh, this was one of his last ones. Uh, yeah. I, it was uh, his last one was, was Bad Blood a couple uh, months after this in October. And then uh, after that, you got Mr. McMahon when uh, Brett screwed Brett. Now Vince has screwed Vince is what the memes are saying. Yes. Now, do you, you know, one of the things that has been a, a nice change there, because I have been watching a little bit lately to see if the WWF is going to get good again now that McMahon is out. And one of the things I've noticed is that Michael Cole doesn't suck anymore because he no longer has Vince screaming in his ear. 
Michael Cole is exponentially better doing play-by-play now that McMahon is is gone. Like, it's it's night and day. I mean, it, it, there is such a difference. He is yeah. so much better because he was bad. He was bad, and you knew it wasn't him. He's good again. Michael Cole, make Michael. Mike Cole great again is what happened. Well, yeah, I heard something that he he's doing well at play by play now or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's doing his play by play doesn't suck anymore. How has that happened? He sucked forever. No, because he doesn't have McMahon in his ear. Oh, I'm sorry. You might have cut out during that. I got you. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have McMahon in his ear anymore, so he's he's free to be himself so that was so that was at SummerSlam. That people yeah that? yeah so 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 there was even a point on on the show on commentary where Corey grave Corey graves says to michael cole i liked it better when you didn't have an opinion and michael cole responded well that's changed a lot of things have changed around here and i was like Ooh. Oh, that's crazy. Michael Cole, who, who at 97 here, I believe, or just around then, maybe the year after that, he was just that little nerdy guy doing interviews in the back. And yeah. now he's become this cocky mouthpiece of the <laughs> WWE. Who wow. Like, yeah. Whoa. Like and Michael that was Cole. an actual and that was an actual exchange between Graves and Michael Cole at SummerSlam. I'm not embellishing and I'm not misquoting. Because I was, you know, I tell you, I tell you, man, when you look back and see like Michael Cole when he first came to the WWE, he looked like another one of those those, those off-brand weird mid '90s yeah. backstage interviewers that you yeah. thought were going to last like six months yeah. and be gone again. Yeah, and you know, and that then he didn't, and I was like, wow, that did, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, well, he was yeah, from was like, like real media, right? Didn't he work at like CNN? He was somewhere before this. And yeah. I don't think he was even a wrestling f- fan or anything when he came in. I don't no. Recall. He was probably just doing his job, you know. He was, the, I believe, he was the replacement for Todd Pettengill. It probably sounds about right. I believe that's how it went. I went the uh, Sean Mooney first, and then he was replaced by Todd Pettengill. Todd Pettengill to uh, Michael Cole, and that's how your nerdy '90s white guy back interview guys progressed. Now Cole you never wondering. Left. I think Cole worked at CNN. I'm not sure. I would not want to work at CNN. Was it credible back then when he worked there? Yeah, 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 yeah. This CNN was more is, CNN has been infiltrated. By yeah, no, this was more. Canada. This was more like Ted Turner's CNN, and, and not uh, what it's become. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not going to get into that conversation, uh, but uh, yeah, I can only imagine. Oh, he began his career working at. CBS. Maybe it wasn't CNN. Mm. He did cover. A, he did cover Waco. CBS Radio. Yeah, it was CBS. He did cover. He did cover Waco, Texas. He did the presidential campaign for Bill and yep. Bill Clinton. And then '95, he was selected to cover the aftermath of the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh man, that was a. People forget about that terrorist shit. Yeah, 1997, mid to early 97, after being recommended to officials by Todd Pettengill and started using the stage name Michael Cole. 
That's not his real name, folks. His yeah, real name is Sean Michael Cuthard. Cuthard. And then Sean Michaels is Michael Sean Hickenbottom. Not anymore, though, I don't think. I think he's Sean Michaels. No, he legally changed his name? I believe so. I could be wrong. I don't think he did. Look that up. I'll figure it out. But yeah, I, th- I honestly thought Michael Cole was his real name. I, you know what? Actually, I never even thought about it being a gimmick name, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, it's just so basic, you know? Like yeah, I never even, I don't like, think a thought I, even crossed my mind that it was a gimmick name. But it is. No, it is a gimmick name. It is. Very gimmicks. So did you look that up? What did you want me to look up again? Are you, are you stoned? Um, Shawn Michaels. I think he got rid of Hickenbottom. Oh, the, the, the D Hickenbottoming of Sean Michaels. Yeah, the, the, the D Hickenbottoming <laughs> of Sean Michaels. That sounds like a like a weird name for a movie. I don't have Vegas here to do my Googling for me. Yeah, he's a pretty good human Googler. I know. Joey Vegas. He's is. been my human Googler for since 2008. <laughs> wow. It's been, his, just... it's been his job for a long time. You know, they have a button on your phone that just does it for you. You don't have to hang out with that guy anymore. Yeah, well, but when I'm doing a show, it's easy for him to look it up and me to continue to host the show. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I don't see anything in here about him uh, disowning his family legacy. No, I guess he didn't. He's still Michael or Sean or Michael Sean Hickenbottom. He still is. I know. Yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah, he didn't change his. What would he do that for? I, I, I could have sworn I heard it. I guess that name didn't really sell well in uh, AWA when he got started out, huh? Or wherever it was. No, he was Shawn Michaels then, fool. No, I know that, but they weren't going to let him go by this name. He knew that name wasn't going to work. Nah, that name doesn't sell. No. Marty Jannetty got to keep his real name, though. That's because Marty Jannetty's a cool-sounding name. It actually is a really cool-sounding name. You know, it's too bad nothing happened with Marty Jannetty. I think he had something. Yeah, it's too bad. But whatever. I'm not going to sit here and be a Marty Jannetty apologist. He's also a sounds like a fucking. It. He's also a fucking idiot too. He is an idiot. Wasn't he sleeping with his daughter or something? I can't keep up with the Marty Jannetty saga. All I know is he was begging for money on Twitter once and uh, think for a surgery of some sort. Yeah, he's he made those little comebacks with the uh, with Michaels the Rockers. I was surprised they never had a legitimate tag team. Run oh, it was a hack job, according to Sean Mike. Uh, according to Marty Jannetty. Oh yeah, his wrestling legend Marty Jannetty revealed his life was almost destroyed after sick hackers put a post on his Facebook page saying he wanted to have sex with his daughter. In his first interview since the post went viral, Jannetty said his daughter Bianca became reclusive while he was bombarded with abusive messages from people who thought the post was authentic. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's the problem with these kinds of things. You know, something fake or something bullshit happens and then it just becomes like this thing. And you just even if it turns out to be not true, you still get the stigma. You know what I'm saying? Like forever. People are going to think that have a, uh, he didn't try to sleep with his daughter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Like Vince, like, you know, Vince McMahon, for some reason, for some reason, he gets it, this. This whole thing ended up being a big hoax. No, please stop. Please stop. I, I know it's not. But I'm just saying that if it, if it did happen that way, people are still going to view him with this image. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like Ben Roethlisberger. He, they still call him Rapelessburger, even though he didn't rape any. All right, here we go. Let's get the audio. Go.
Undertaker is, is going after Shawn Michaels. The winner of this bout and new World Wrestling Federation Champion, Brett Hitman The impossible has happened. I wanted to stick with that until Fink gave us the end. No. So there you have it. Brett's a five-time WWF world champion, and that's going to set us up on the road to Bad Blood, where Sean against Undertaker, winner gets a shot at Brett at Survivor Series, and then we got a story's going to branch off at Bad Blood with Kane and... Oh, yes. And there you have it. 1997 is just rolling along. And this run, run was what would become a runaway train really starts chugging right after uh, this pay-per-view. In my, uh, in my estimation. Oh, I mean, it does. I mean, this is the, the big launching spot here where things really got, got going, like I said before. So, All right. And uh, what else you got for SummerSlam here, Dick? Before we, uh, I got nothing. And, We're out of here. Nothing else. What, nope. what do you, where does this event rank? Not this event itself, but like this SummerSlam it, in WWE's pay per views. It's number two. What, it's the it's summers. Like, it's the summers version of WrestleMania. I've it, always, I've always thought that the Royal Rumble was bigger. No, nope. my opinion. I don't think so. I think well, especially now if they're going to start doing SummerSlams in, in stadiums. Uh, here's what I here's what I, one thing we should look up. If you know off the top of your head, you tell me. I don't know. I obviously WrestleMania probably is the best selling pay per view, but Royal Rumble is probably number two. Well, I would say Royal Rumble is number two. Doesn't probably that techn- technically make that the bigger one. Yeah, but you asked for my opinion. Oh well, then fine. now if you, you asked for that. factual evidence, then it's probably the Royal Rumble. But I always felt like SummerSlam was the summer's WrestleMania. Uh, very well was that's the purpose of it. It was yeah. supposed to be. It was this the next uh, pay per view. Actually, was Survivor Series. Well, I should set seven. you up with. A, I should set you up with an assignment. Now you should, you should have to go and you should have to add up all the pay per view buys <laughs> with all okay. the with all the rumbles oh, yeah. and I all the summer I got I got time for that, Dick Ford. I got time. <laughs> while for that. while you raise your children and I'm you pack the- and you move and you do all of that, add up the pay per view buys. Come back to me in a couple of weeks when we, when we record again, and we'll talk about it. Sounds like a very adult thing for me to do. Just neglect my children for the sake of reporting pay-per-view buys to a fucking for idiot this like podcast. You. God damn it. All right. For this podcast, I'll do it. For this fucking podcast, I'll do it. You on Instagram, that. it's Mark Side of the Ring. On Twitter, it's Mark Side of Ring. For Mike Madness, I'm Ford. We'll see you guys next time right here. On Mark's side of the ring. Oh, by the way, also shopmarkside.com to buy a shirt. We'll see you guys next time. And so, goodbye. <laughs> and good night. Bang!